It's pink pill time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many Web3 lands. With the Keys community and all our friends, the fun it'll never end. It's pink pill time. Welcome everybody in to season two, episode seven of the Pink Pill with Dwope NFT Club. I'm your host today, the Ethelorian, joined up here by Web3 Rob G back behind the Keys Dow logo. Uh, we've got Sage. I'm not sure if we'll see Ultra Kriegel today. They've got things going on elsewhere on the globe. But we're joined by special guests, Dwope and Big Boss, the artist from Dwope Club. Dwope, how are you doing today, man? I'm not sure whether I'm rubbed or, rugged or not. Yeah, I wasn't. Sorry, hey, right here. <laughs> doing good. Good morning. Glad to be on Keys Dow. Hey, Big Boss. How you doing, man? Can, can you hear me now? Oh, now I can hear you. All right. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, I was. I, I thought I thought you guys could, could hear me. I didn't even know. I wasn't walking. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah no, we were rugged pretty hard right there. Yeah. So, uh, okay, now that we got this going, perfect. All right, so like I said, special guest today, we've got uh, Dwarf NFT Club, and we've got Big Boss, the artist from the Dwarf NFT Club, and... They're here community today about blockchain-based gaming, but specifically as it pertains to the game that they are building for the Luxo Network. Uh, guys, first off, I've got to get this off my chest because I haven't talked to you in a while. I have to admit, Dope, you sent me an NFT, uh, uh, sorry, a card. It never made it to my house, and I did not have the heart to tell you that that gift didn't make it to me, and I was waiting till I got a chance to talk to you again, but... That sadly, everybody else got their card, but not me. So now I'm crying. Yeah, but, I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty weird because, uh, boss, you can you like? Do you have the the tracking still, boss? Boss, send them some. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I still have the tracking. I'd have to check. I do have a drawer where I'm keeping all the like the little tracking numbers. Oh, that makes me so sad. I'll have to get you again. Oh yeah, it devastated me honestly because I I saw you know sages and I saw the turtles and that created an extreme amount of FOMO in my life. But yeah, I think I think it's pretty weird because uh, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, boss, you told me that, like, it, it reached his house, right? Got delivered. I remember. Yeah, because um, on the tracking things, it'll let me know when something says delivered. You know, you just check the USPS website. And um, that one did, so maybe some... Uh, network issues, boss. You can't even... Something happened. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story, Jir. I was actually waiting. I was supposed to visit my family um, for just like a family Christmas. And I had a gift that I was so excited to give my nephew. And it was a telescope. And it was supposed to be delivered literally, you know, the same day that we were going to this party at night. And I checked the tracking and it said delivered. And it was nowhere at our house. And I was like freaking out about it. And I was just about to leave to go do something else. And uh, then I got a call that a neighbor dropped it off because instead of dropping it at my house, like three, three, four, um, my house, my street begins with a C. They dropped it on the street over, which also begins with a C at three, three, four, and just left it on the porch and checked that it was delivered. So if that neighbor hadn't been so kind as to drop it off. I would literally have not delivered that present. So it wouldn't be the first time that somebody decided to drop it at the wrong address. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, I'm sure the neighbor's like really enjoying his gift, though. I don't, I don't know if I'd return something like that. You know? No, no way. I think it's priceless. I would never give that thing up. So, and it's short of me looking through the window, Big Boss. I'm not sure I'll ever see that card unless I get another one. Yeah, you got it. I'll work on sending you another one. All right, you're the man. I appreciate that. I gotcha. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, so before we get moving on here, we got Kriegel today. So last week, Kriegel was joining us from uh, Con in a Mandalorian suit. Uh, it's the picture from that was iconic. Honestly, Kriegel, I want to today make sure that you're you're ready to go when this discussion gets heated. I don't want to uh, let's say make it feel like you haven't said uh, your opening piece yet. So Kriegel, how you doing? Hey guys, Kriegel here. I'm I'm doing great. Um, yeah, no, last week was a lot of fun. I always enjoy uh, putting on my IR avatar skin of Mandalorian armor. Um, it's physical, so maybe I need some uh, digital versions of that armor to wear. Uh, you know, in, in these kinds of spaces. Yeah, but how how are you guys doing? It's uh, it's been a minute. I think everybody's doing quite well here, Kriegs. We're uh, again just. Plugging along here in the depths of the bear market, but bear markets are for builders. And, um, you know, this is a really interesting one here today because I think a new horizon in space, something that people are dabbling in, but I don't uh, I don't think we've solved all of the issues relative to it is, is this blockchain gaming space. And I think that um, anybody who's building in that space, like Dwope, um, the Dwope NFT club, like that's really, I think, an interesting conversation right now um, because... Not everybody's here for a hyper-financialized opportunity that comes with decentralized finance or CDFI, if you want to call it that, where it's like people LARPing as DeFi, but they're really centralized actors and uh, causing this horrible crypto winter. You know, so many people are going to come into the space because they want true utility and they want to play around, right? They want to actually um, use blockchain for, for in a way that resembles the way that they might, um, you know, hop on the internet and talk to their friends and, and game with buddies, so I find that this is a really interesting circumstance here. Um, Duop, again, before we like really turn this over to, to the club here, we actually have Leadfoot up here. Uh, Leadfoot joined, and I think Leadfoot adds a key voice to the discussion. So our buddy Leadfoot's here. I want to say hi to Leadfoot. Leadfoot, how you doing? Well, it's good, fam. Looking, for, looking forward to this one. I've got my, um, I've got my Dwarf NFT physical displayed in my house. I look at it every day. I'm doing well, yeah, I mean, though. The, the, the crazy thing is that you live in Spain. So, like, it reached you in Spain, but not uh, Italian, which is in the yeah, US. Just... So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quite baffled about that as well, to be honest. God damn it. U USPS, bloody, not doing, not doing their job by the sounds of things. Well, you know, the United States Postal Service, although they deliver rain, sun, or, or snow or whatever it is, seven days a week, you know, sometimes things get lost and I, I can't explain yeah. it. I'm just picturing Newman from Seinfeld, just like <laughs> fucking with your, <laughs> fucking with your dwarf cars. <laughs> Probably he's got it displayed on the dashboard of his mail truck. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to this right now. Where are you, buddy? Oh shit. Outrageous. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for thanks for bringing me up. Thanks for bringing me up. I'm actually not busy on a Sunday afternoon for once, so keen to be on. 
Fantastic. Well, as they as we start talking gaming here, Leadfoot, feel free to come off mute, talk whatever you want. If everyone's silent, I'm going to dominate the conversation. Um, but there's no need for me to do so because I think there's a lot of valuable viewpoints in here. Cool. My pleasure. All right. Perfect. And I have one more request, and I'm just really curious before we get started here because I, I love new voices. Crorosian, what's up, man? Oh, not much. I'm I'm usually just a spectator. I thought I'd pop in as a speaker today. Um, I'm listening. All right, fantastic. Well, we're gonna talk blockchain based gaming, dude. So, like, as we move along, if you got something to say, don't be afraid. Pop right off mute and, and get your two cents in there. All right, appreciate it. All right, cool. Love it. I love that new voices on stage. Absolutely, that that like energizes me so much. All right, so let's get started here. Well, I'm going to give you the mic right at the outset. Tell us what you got going on. I know some of our community is aware, but you and Big Boss are building and you're not exactly, uh, you know, broadcasting it widely what you're doing. So I think it would really everybody for you to give us a quick rundown of what uh, Dwarf NFT Club is. Yeah, I mean, we kind of doing step by step things. Uh, we kind of going along, uh, not with the flow, we're going step by step. In the sense that, like, we are trying to be, of course, more than an NFT project. Uh, we just, we not, we not uh, just having a uh, profile pictures, and just that's the end of it, and we move on. That's just not what we're trying to do. So the first thing we had in mind was the game because uh, Big Boss was working on. The, he had an idea for a long time. He made cards for the game and stuff. And so I, I thought to myself, oh, why not like make an NFT NFT uh, collection? that's linked to the game and the the traits of the NFTs are from the cards of the game. That's what we made. That's the main collection, right? And uh, from that, we expanded the, the idea because we realized that like making a game is actually very hard. Uh, it costs a lot of money. It's, it takes a lot of time. It's a challenge. It's a real challenge because we're not talking about... Uh, about the game that's like um, a cheap game or like a one month, two month game that's done. We're talking about a, a real game that, that can be played on mobile, that can be played on PC, that can, can be like real, can, that can really last the test of time. And to do something like that takes a lot of time and, and effort and, uh, and money, right? So we wanted to add another layer of utility to, to NFTs. And that's why we thought about the NFT, the whitelist marketplace. So what the whitelist marketplace is, is essentially we want to be the cornerstone of on the, on the Luxo chain of whitelist for different NFTs. We want to be like kind of like a marketplace so like people can like uh, find uh, whitelist, uh, find new projects, uh, opportunities on our marketplace. And, uh, and also, uh, of course, this won't just be open to the, the NFT holders, the dwarf NFTs uh, holders. It will also be open to people that are not, uh, that don't have the NFT. So we want to have a marketplace that's open to everyone. So that's basically the idea behind, uh, behind dwarf as a whole. I don't know what you think about it. I think... <clears throat> You know, looking at creative collectibles as just like an entire market segment, moving away from calling them just NFTs to up, I think is like a, a smart thing, right? Like NFTs, um, 
those non the non fungible token standards carry different uh, they'll carry different applications and the digital collectibles market, like you said, is going to take or, or I guess is going to take a lot of different forms, but to properly have digital collectibles put into a game is something that is not uh, a simple process. It's not a straight line. It's not something that you're going to do overnight. Um, like you said, it's going to take a lot of effort, thought, planning, and money to make it happen. Um, what's interesting is the whitelist marketplace for Luxo as a whole. Would that whitelist, whitelist, whitelist marketplace um, focus more on digital collectibles, um, specifically like art or gaming or would it be open to digital fashion and things like that it would be open to everything to digital fashion so i my idea is basically um uh tied to the drops because we have we have a very good relationship with drops with uh carlos of the founder of drops and uh i think we can make something work out in the sense that uh, for any uh type of nft whether it's fashion uh, gaming or collectibles or whatever. Uh, if you have, uh, if you if you purchase a true uh, or in-game token, um, a whitelist spot for a project, uh, you'll be able to use it on the drops website when the mint happens. That's the idea. That's something that has been done on Ethereum, and I kind of want to do that on uh, Luxo too. Uh, it has been done by. Uh, by Lamaverse, so that's one project that we researched on, and uh, yeah, it works pretty well. Um, but for a chain, for a chain like Luxo, I think it will work even better. Uh, it's, it's even more like I don't know, like uh, there's even more incentive. I feel like, and as I said, if we're not just gonna open it to uh, to uh, people that have the want to have a subscription model. Uh, we're working on a, a contract that will have a subscription baked in, uh, in the sense that uh, if you don't have the NFT, you can still purchase the, the, the subscription for like one leaks, for example, and uh, one leaks per month, for example, right? And you would get free tokens every month, which will allow you to purchase a uh, white spot, you know? Yeah, interesting. I think fleshing this idea of a whitelist marketplace out a little bit more for us would, would, would be beneficial because that's not something I've ever participated in. I don't know about the rest of the panel up here. Have you ever participated in this marketplace? That's a thumb down from Sage. Kriegel, no. Ledfoot. No, I'm trying to the possibilities of, of what that is because, I mean, typically with a whitelist, we're used to having to, like, you know, own something or, you know, sign up on an email list. So yeah, maybe paint a picture for what this is. I have a few ideas in my mind of what it could be, but I'd love to hear what your vision just, what, just from my experience. Yeah, I'm, I, I think so as well. Definitely pay, we need a little bit more info, but I think from like a legitimacy standpoint, like my inbox is always full of so much bullshit um, regarding whitelists. And it'd be nice if there was a place that was like, that would like verify or at least consolidate like legitimate projects, whitelists. And yeah, I don't know. The project could essentially, um, or the, or the tick box you needed boxes you need to tick to be able to actually sign up. I know there's like premint.xyz that allows projects to run like a whitelist, um, like campaign. 
but somewhere somewhere from like the consumer end i think it's like, i think it's a really good idea to be honest if that's what you're talking about yeah 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 that's exactly what we're talking about so i think one project you can look up on ethereum that has been always prevention on the inspiration on this is Lamaverse. it's called Lamaverse. it's a pretty big project on ethereum um the microwave is ready uh it's it's uh it's open the thing is with Lamaverse is that it's only open to people that have the nft so you have an nft that you can stake this nft that you can stake earns you a token a stakeable reward right and those stakeable rewards can be used in the marketplace for them, not just whitelist. You can get, uh, I think, one-on-one conversation with like popular people, uh, really important people. You can have uh, digital art, you can have whitelist for a project that you that, that they have on the store. You can have different things uh, in the store, and um, it's all earnable to the stakeable reward of the NFT. So of course, we are staking too for NFT for NFTs. And also, as I said, we'll have um, a subscription model of people for people that don't have the NFT. So essentially, um, every week or every two weeks or something, uh, we restock the um, the marketplace with new items, and we'll give it an opportunity for people on the east side of the world. One opportunity, fifty percent of the opportunities uh, for the east side reward, fifty percent of the opportunities for the west side of the world. That way, if you live in Australia, in Australia or in Japan or something like that, you won't miss out because the drop happens at 3 a.m. You'll still be able to get your, your fair shot. And if there's any left, anyone can just grab them. Uh, that's the idea. That's the like the, the vision that we have on this. So as I said, you can you can look at Lamaverse. Is a Lamaverse. It's a really good example of what you're trying to build. They're not they're not the only one who have done this. There's other products that have done this, but Lamaverse is the biggest one. So, yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's definitely a good idea. And anything that, like, brings more safety to our space, I think, is um, definitely a positive for sure. So, as I'm wrapping my head around this, I'm looking at the Lamaverse. So, help me help me continue to, to develop like, like or crystallize my thoughts here. So, let's say we have because I don't know the the brand heading it would be under, but let's say it's all under Dwelp, right? I get some type of NFT could potentially stake inside of Dwelp. I would then yield back tokens that I could then spend on items within the Dwelp universe, so to speak. Some of them might be, some of the items might actually be in a marketplace, right? That is whitelisted that you are basically allowing people to come in it, it, they could be spots and projects they could be uh, maybe even items that are purchased specifically for the dwarf game right like the is that kind of am i thinking of that correctly yes 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 so right now the llama is is uh, on maintenance so you can't even see but uh, basically that will be what will happen be is an item for the game uh what is for different projects so we for example let's just say uh, for, uh, just to be clear the token that you earn from staking is not tradable. So it doesn't have any value, any USD value, right? So you can only obtain this token from staking it. There's no way you can just buy the token. You can, you'd have to stake your NFT. That's the only way to get the token, right? So that this this kind of like close the ecosystem in the sense that you can't just sell your token. Um, you're trying to not be a security because if you, you were to allow people to sell the token, it would be a security. 
Um, that's another topic. Um, but yeah, that would be one place where you can find uh, item for the game, uh, kind of like goodies, anything like that. You can even get cards, uh, the, the physical card. If you want to receive physical cards, that's how we gotta make uh, make it happen. Uh, let's just say physical the physical card box of twenty cards, just a hundred um, deed, which is our currency. Um, by staking it for like I don't know a week, you'll get hundred deeds, and with that you'll be able to like buy a pack of cards that you receive to your house uh, in physical form, right? That's one way to use the marketplace. The other way, as I said, is the, the white. Uh, let's just say a white list for uh, Luxo Apes costs uh, 200 deed. Uh, by staking it for like two, uh, one week or two weeks, you'll, you'll, have, you'll, have, you'll have enough to buy the uh, white list. Once you buy the mark list to, to the, through the contract, uh, we'll we either white list you directly from, in a relationship with uh, drops. Or we'll get your address and uh, send him to the apes, the Luxo Apes uh, team, right? We'll, we'll record all the address and send that to the Luxo team, uh, the Luxo Apes, uh, whatever it's called, right? Uh, just an example. And uh, that's how it will work. I know, it's, I know it's, uh, that's clear to you. No, I'm starting to wrap my head around this. Like, I, I had a very similar thought about a project going back over a year ago. And the idea would be, again, to create effectively like a social token inside of an ecosystem, because that's what you're doing with the D token, right? Like it's it's a, not a security, it's not tradable, it's not backed by any liquidity that is, you know, tradable like in, a, let's say, an exchange. But it is valuable inside of the project itself as an in-game currency in the community itself, right? So there's, there's this social currency in the community in which it originates and then like what you're saying there it can be used for valuable things that people might want by staking and locked by staking you're creating an active participant well maybe not active the staking isn't an act active thing right like you're not like sitting there all day long pressing a button to stake but you are paying attention to the fact that it is staked right um whatever it is that you're locking up and then that is also like a provable piece uh, or it's it's provable that you've been engaged for a certain amount of block time and that would yield back the D token. What's interesting is I'm thinking about like the revenue models here that exist. So in creating a whitelist space, like if you were working with quote unquote, like let's say Luxo Apes, they could give you a hundred whitelist spots. And as the dual project, you could hold five whitelist spots for the dual team. Um, that could be then sold at some later date after minting to bring revenue in. And that's how this model then becomes sustainable. Um, I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but, uh, you know, in my was, head, I'm running through all the ideas here. Yeah, I think you, 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 you're spot on. You, you're really spot on because uh, not necessarily for the way we're going to monetize it. For the way we're going to monetize it is probably through the subscription. Because as I said, the deed token only obtainable from the people that have the drop NFTs. If you don't have any drop NFTs, you won't be able to stake. So there's only 9K, we have 9K NFT uh, across two collections. That's the only way to uh, to get the D token. So if you don't have the NFT, uh, and instead of going to um, the after the mark, the after place, after market, uh, and like paying a, paying a premium, 
you you can just subscribe to the subscription that we have that we have uh, that will that cost something like one leaks for example, and for one leaks per month you'll get a hundred deed every month, and you're able to spend that in the marketplace or however you want, right? It's pretty, it's gonna be pretty cheap, like five bucks, ten bucks, something like that. Something really really cheap every month, and uh, that will get you free tokens. Uh, that's the idea that we have for to monetize uh, the marketplace. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm really interested to see where this goes going forward because I know that team um, over at Drops, Carlos and Samuel. Um, I know we had them on. We that was a a good conversation. Um, they're powerhouses. So given that you guys are friends, I'll be interested to see where this goes to, well, you know, it's hard for, I think many of us to wrap our head around the entire schema of what you're proposing right now, uh, only because like there's so many moving pieces. Um, and, but that's the beauty of building in this space is people go down these experimental roads and what they come out with, we all learn from. Right. And I look forward to being able to play with that weightless marketplace when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, and that's something like that's not something that we thought of uh, from one day to the next, right? It's been it's been a long time since we've been working on this, and uh, yeah, we always have new ideas of stuff we want to bring to the to the people that to our future holders. We kind of like want, we want to reward as much as possible the future holders of Dwarf. You know, we we want to to them to have like a great experience and uh, something that. I we want them to have, to have like as much fun as possible, and of course, when the game comes out, uh, the game won't be a play to earn. It will be a standard, standard game that is not going to be any money in, uh, baked into the game. You won't be able to. It's not a play to earn. It's a, it's a, it's a real game. It's going to be a real game. That's we're going to spend a lot of time on it. It's going to be like a a great game, probably. Okay, so there's a good question there. Play to earn, you bring it up. How do you feel about play to earn? And like, why did you make the choice with Duop to not do play to earn? Because I feel like I watched a really good video on this. Uh, that was saying that essentially, well, let's just say you're playing a play to earn, right? You're making uh, 50 bucks per month, right? Bucks per week. Let's just say 50 bucks per week. You keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, and eventually the rewards get get cut in half. Now you make twenty five per, per per week. You keep playing, you keep playing. I mean, you kind of sad because you're like, oh, I used to make more, so like now I'm kind of wasting my time. And then the rewards get cut get cut again, and now you make five bucks per week. Are we still gonna play the game? Or are you gonna be so demoralized by the fact that you're not making enough money? That you're gonna stop playing the game, you know what I mean? In this sense, making a, a game play to earn is like you remove the aspect of fun, you remove the the incentive to just play a game because you want to play a game, you're not playing a game because you want to. You play the game because you want to earn money on it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just, I don't know. That's something that I, I really, I really like. Yeah. So it sounds like to me you're saying. Like, if you're the builder of a game, you should really focus on making good games, like a game that people want to play because they need the game rather than trying a game that's profitable for users. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I think this is where, like, I want to open it up to the panel right here. Um, you know, Kriegel, Leadfoot, Sage, Big Boss, Dwo, Rob, 
Croge and any of you, like you guys ever play Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh? Have you guys ever played with trading cards? Yeah, played with physical trading cards, played like the games like on my Game Boys, on, on my PS4, like all those things. And seeing that little mock-up for your final game vision up there getting me excited especially because i have one of those cards so i'll be able to play as myself which is dope but um yeah I, I was curious about like um some of the gameplay behind it like uh is there campaign modes story modes like would i be able to play against like any of these guys up on the panel here i was kind of curious about where you were thinking with the game uh about that so we haven't really thought up too much about the uh campaign mode because we we're focusing on the on the on the the game itself, on the design and the mechanics, because it's not a regular game. We have something like a special twist on the uh, Hearthstone. I don't know if um, Big Boss can explain it a little bit more, um, but yeah, I mean, um, we probably won't have a campaign, but what we can have for sure is gonna be like kind of like a hub. We wanted to have like a kind of like a mini world in two D, where you can just walk around with your character. And uh, talk to people that are playing the game as you play it. You kind of like, like kind of like a an online uh, kind of like a, a hub, like a hub town in the game where you can just walk around, talk to people, and just uh, interact with other players that are playing as you play the game. You know, kind of like online, uh, kind of like what does uh, you know the um, the Naruto games, the Naruto fighting games. You know, like when you play the online mode, uh, you're like in the town and you can just walk around and and see other players and uh, wait, waiting for their matches and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know if, you do, if you're a big boss, you want to talk about how the game is played. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, it, it's not so different than Hearthstone kind of, but um, there is some things where it's like, uh, you want to make it a little bit more original, you know? So like, there's things like where we wanted to throw in some kind of like chance mechanics and things like that. Like um, just something so like it can keep the fun in because sometimes like chance uh, to me in video games always played like, like the, the biggest part of my fun, you know, it's like uh, even if you're skilled or something like that, you never kind of know what's going to happen if, if you have to leave it up to stuff like that. So there is like a little mechanic like that, that we're going to try to put in there. Um, and uh, there's a lot of little differences as well with the start of like each card. Uh, it, it's going to kick in these kind of mm, sort of mini game or something, uh, something similar. But um, yeah, it's it's something around that kind of path. Yeah, I played those Naruto games a bunch. That's that's what I was thinking while you were describing it, like Naruto or like if you play 2K, like when you're in like the waiting lobby to join like a... a... Uh, like an open court match you like walk around and talk to other people um and yeah like you're talking chance or like a side quest big boss dude like that'd be sweet you're like walking around talking to people and there's like little side quests that you can go on or you can like engage in a match against other people yeah stuff like that would be really neat to like put into it it's it would really be like something where you know it's its own thing you know so Question I have, am I, as a user, holding a deck of cards? And how many cards do you think I'll be holding? How many cards is what, what did you say? Okay, I'm, I'm a user. I want to play the game. 
right? Like I'm into playing the game. How many cards am I holding in my deck? Right? Am I holding four? Am I holding twenty? Am I holding fifty? Like, what do you think okay. of the mechanics around that? Can you answer, Big Boss? I don't know the mechanics. I think that's Big Boss. Yeah, for the mechanics like that, I think we're gonna have a thing where you can like uh, get packs as well. Uh, it would, would, I don't think it's necessarily like you can only play with the ones that you own. Uh, I, I'm not too no, sure. I think, if it's I think be something like that. I think he was asking in the game when you're playing the game, how many cards you have in your hand. Oh, like that. Um, I, I was looking at the space on the board. I'm still trying to figure that part out too. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm playing like a lot of card games right now and trying to see what works best and what doesn't. You know, so uh, um. I, I still really haven't decided on a number like that. Okay. So is there going to be an opportunity for me to trade with another user, my cards to upgrade? Um, you know, there's just basic questions about the game here again. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, trading would be like the cards would be NFTs on your wallet, basically. So you will be able to trade them. Uh... So that's why that's one thing I was asking drafts to like implement. Was a trading feature, uh, kind of like a uh, an integrated. Um, how do you call this? Um, you know, like when you want to trade something with someone, you go to a. Um, what what's the name again? You go to someone. Uh, you know, kind of like a, a third party. Like we do the trading. Yeah, and score. Yeah, kind of like integrate and score into drops. That would be really cool. Um, that's if if that doesn't happen, then you will be like through the marketplace, go to the marketplace, able to sell your card and buy your card. Because some cards are more rare than others, so you can just uh, yeah, you can just try to like get get the best card stuff like that. Is it'll be uh, we have two hundred twenty four cards, I think. Uh, that's yeah for the first pack. So yeah. That's uh, the number of cards that be in the game. Yeah. Can I collect like three Ethelorians? Just like you know, you could get the three blue eyes white dragon and get the blue eyes ultimate dragon. I could get. Like... Oh man! Oh, I'm sorry. I got interrupted real quick. I, you know, I just uh, when you said white dragon, it made me think of Tommy. Uh, I just read that he passed away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, man. I was, uh, I was messed up this morning. Yeah, the Green Ranger. Couldn't believe yeah. it. I know. Sage told so me that right before we came on, and. Mm -hmm. uh, I said Tommy, and I said he had a sweet ponytail, and then he showed me like a later picture when he didn't have a ponytail, and it blew yeah. my mind. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. I don't know how many of you watched the Power Rangers, but the Power Rangers is where it was at. But I mean, I mean, I watched, I watched it, I watched it in France, but I mean, it's not, it's not the same thing, I guess. <laughs> it was Power Rangers just with French dub. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's exactly what it was, yeah. The language is a little bit more beautiful. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so, you know, like I'm asking you a bunch of questions about the game just because I'm really interested. I think growing up, I, I was definitely a card collector. I loved collecting cards, and I really enjoyed playing games against others. Um, I'm in my early 40s now, so a little after the Pokemon like really hit. I think that was like my younger siblings that really, you know, my youngest sibling. Those when Pokemon cards were really tradable and playing as a game. But Magic the Gathering was a game I played. 
I know that Yu-Gi-Oh was a fun game to be played around here. I just like enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh in general. So I, I see there's a lot of potential for a really well-built game um, for people to play and have fun with. And I also think it's really interesting, like what the opportunities kind of for gaming exist on Luxo and how Luxo makes that better, right? Because there's a lot of possibilities that Luxo offers that maybe other blockchains don't. So like question for you guys, how do you see, you know, like you could really build anywhere. So why Luxo? Why'd you choose Luxo as being the focal point? Honestly, Luxo seems like, it seems like a kind of like a, a step up from Ethereum on all points. Uh, at first when we launched the product, we were kind of like, kind of like trying to figure out what chain we wanted to, to launch. At one point we even considered Aptos, but uh, we could quickly, uh, quickly like said no, like wanted to launch a good join. And uh, yeah, Luxo was the, for, for me, like I, I would have been like hunting for gems. I, I'm more, more like hunting for gems and uh, hunt, uh, Luxo is a gem to me. So I figured might as well uh, build on the chain in which I'm invested, you know, because I'm not invested in, in pretty much, I invested in two tokens basically and Luxo is one of, is one of them. So I'd rather like, launch uh, something on a chain that I'm invested in. The chain, I'm interested in it. Uh, I'm looking for the updates all the time. That a chain that I know nothing about and I'm not invested at all, you know? Yeah, what I think is really interesting about Luxo and gaming is what you're proposing with that whitelisted marketplace, you know, um, specifically, uh, I guess specifically with gaming, are the vault features that each universal profile has available to them so you'll be able to keep your assets for the dwarf social game isolated from the rest of the assets in the wallet right away from other tokens and i think that that standard i think it's lsp 10 and rob correct me if i'm wrong on that um is it 10 rob might be taking a nap um i'm not sure Excellent. All right. Well, I'll actively look that up if I, and I correct myself if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's LSP 10. It's the ability to move vaults, uh, to actually have specific vaults for the, um, uh, for each like gaming environment that you might play in. Other blockchains do not have that ability, that ability to segment your wallet, so to speak, uh, just natively integrated, really, from a foundational standpoint. So, from a gaming perspective, you could have your NFT staked. You could, I, I put it as a user, I could go in, I could log into the Dwope uh, DAP, I could start to play the game, I could stake my my Dwope NFT, I could start to earn back D token. All of that stuff would live in that specific vault. Um, it wouldn't commingle with anything else. In that way, it improves overall security for my general blockchain experience. And it makes a really smooth interaction for you as the developer on the backside. So uh, I think that like that's a I think a, uh, like a core benefit to choosing Luxo over um, maybe some of the other applications that are built out there. Some of the other let's call them scalable L2s on Ethereum, or either some of, even some of the other L1s that are, again optimized primarily for scalability because that's where they're buying market share from Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, to, to be honest, our dev, we're working with like our dev, uh, it's called Worthy. Uh, he, at first he wasn't like, he wanted to, he wasn't sure where we were launching, but like 
once he, he read up all the LSP, the one thing he told me was like, I'm fucking impressed. That shit is amazing. So like I, I, when he, he told that to me, I knew that like that was a good idea to launch a Luxor because he was so impressed with the LSPs. He said like this could be the next new big thing. He was like convinced he was that was really on board with the idea. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, in like reading it, when you go through the Luxo docs, if you go through them frequently, obviously hype, very technical. So if you're not a technical person, there's going to be a lot to unpack here. Um, but if you are a developer and you do have a, a basic understanding of blockchain architecture, um, or you're just curious and you're willing to spend the time, you, there's a lot to be gained from looking inside the documentation. LSP9 is the vault, the, the generalized vault standard. LSP10 is received vaults. So really that gives you the option well, in what you guys are building, you could uh, even create a vault for each user and then transfer said vault to the um, the recipient UP, right? Um, so then, like, you're basically creating the vault for the user and then transferring the vault over to them. Um, it's going to contain all the assets inside. Again, really interesting and powerful thought process that's put into place. This thing, this blockchain is optimized for these types of interactions, right? And I mean, if I were you, I'd be doing the same thing. Building on a blockchain, one, I'm invested in. Two, that provides me a lot of flexibility to do the things I want to do. Yeah, I think that's the dream when you're, when you're a builder in this space. I think that's, the, that's, the, that's really the dream. So yeah, I mean, generally, one thing I want to like touch on a little quick is that I don't know if you heard about uh, Shiba and Eternity. Uh, it kind of like uh, some one of the talking points that I had was like the rise of trading card games. One is doing trading card game right now. That's be, that's that's like after we had the idea of making trading card game. I don't know if you heard about like Shiba Eternity is like the, the from the Shiba uh, uh, token. It's playable right now. It's on mobile. No, I've never heard of that. I'm gonna Google it real quick. Yeah, it's basically uh, it's, it's essentially Shiba. Uh, Shiba Inu, uh, they made the trading card game that's actually playable right now. It's on mobile, and uh, yeah, I mean, it has some interesting things. Uh, you can really find some YouTube videos online on the gameplay. Uh, but like, yeah, that's that's something like I was talking to to boss about this. Like, we were thinking about making a card game way before all of this, and everyone is doing a trading card game as it seems. And uh, yeah, it's pretty like it's pretty impressive. And I feel like trading card games maybe are the best uh, type of games you can make on blockchains as of now. I feel like that's kind of like the the one area that like really, um, especially with God God's Unchained and stuff like that. I feel like kind of works really well. Uh, it requires less budget. Uh, it's less it's less technical and can still make a great great experience. I feel like. Than uh, like than a triple A game that's only can be made by the triple A studio, you know. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to take your word for it there because I'm not in that card game world, right? So I, I've never even thought about trying to build one. I have been aware of Gods Unchained, and I do have a deck, and I have played a little bit there, not a ton though. And one of the main reasons I haven't is because I absolutely think the L2 experience sucks. Um, I'd much rather operate on e on the L1 and just to bridge my assets anywhere is a pain in my ass. 
Uh, yeah, I so, tried it too. I tried it with takes ages. It's just ages. It's it's absolutely like not fun at all. It's really annoying. Yeah, it's not fun at all. And so I think that that's like a huge opportunity in the Luxo ecosystem as well, because at, at the outset, everything is going to be on the L1. There's no need for the L2 at the beginning. And as the founders have said multiple times, like the desire to keep away some of the gas guzzling um, transaction throughput of DeFi and that kind of really, like I've said, hyper-financialized world um, is going to create space for the blockchain transactions that might come with gaming, something as simple as a card game, right? And in that in that way, um, if you subsidize those transactions uh, with a with a relayer, you know, people are going to have an experience where they can play the game and they can kind of forget the fact that they're using the blockchain and focus instead on the enjoyment of the experience. And I think that that's, a, you know, obviously a benefit from building on luck so early. Yep, exactly. I agree on percent. So yeah, so to touch on like maybe the um, the last point that I had, uh, last talking point was um, building a project anywhere on Luxo, especially specifically. Like how hard how hard it is for newcomers to come in and build something. Because I feel like when I look around, uh, I see some projects on Luxo, but I feel like there is a barrier of entry a little bit. I don't know if you agree to some extent because. Even through the technology is really great. Even over there, which was a solidity, solidity pro, he had a few things he didn't understand on how to make something as simple as an NFT. So I feel like I think it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. It's a good thing because it means that you really have to like look deep into the LSPs to understand them and be able to be able to build on Luxo. But at the same time, uh, maybe it's the reason why we don't have as many projects are coming out on Luxo. I feel like the, the group of projects on Luxo is like very, there's maybe like 50 to 100 projects, which is, I like it like that because there's less project. Uh, I would rather have less project to look into and uh, follow up uh, the news on that like having a hundred project every time, every fucking day, like like an Aptos. Aptos was a nightmare, for example. I looked into it and there was so many projects coming out. We're just not a fun experience at all. Uh, well, Luxo, the product that are coming out, you all know them really well. And uh, everyone like is aware of what's happening in the space. I feel like that's, I don't know what you think about that. Oh, I didn't realize that was up for you. Um, well, being pre-mainnet, there's, there's definitely a, a barrier to entry here because, I mean, everything is on testnet right now. And, and the fact of the matter is until you get a working mainnet, you're going to have people that are going to say, uh, you know, I'm not going to put the work in. I'll wait to see and make sure that everything goes fine. And then if it does, then I'll go and I'll play around with it. You know, the people who are playing around making these early state, the people who participated in the build up hackathon, let's put it that way, or really aiming to launch at the beginning of mainnet are really from one or two, one of two camps. The first camp is the camp that you just described, which is, Community-driven projects, small projects um, that are really interested in the technology, might be invested in the space, want to see, um, like, want to play around and kind of push the limits of the new standards, right? Because there's some belief that those are important, right? The other camp is really large brands that are being on the business development team in Berlin, 
Um, if you need an analog to understand that, just look at Polygon and what they've been able to do bringing on um, large brands like Starbucks, Disney, McDonald's, um, and the list goes on and on. The business development are the people that are hand-holding large brands and building the experience to make sure that they're successful at launch. Luxo has a number of those. Those sit under NDA, so we can only begin to speculate what they are, and I won't do so here because there's really no use for it. But really, that's those are the two camps. People like us, though, that are building building things, and there's, there's a bunch of us in the build-up hackathon. There was a whole bunch of really good projects. Um, and then the really large brands that are building out experiences. Everybody in the middle, that middle ground, they just are, they're on the wait and see, right? Because um, I think if you had an existing service or you had, uh, like, let's say you're um, an existing, uh, let's say you're an operator like Uniswap, right? Uniswap is going to wait until a, a chain launches before there's going to be a vote in the DAO to then launch on a new train on a new chain, right? To launch a decentralized exchange. There's going to be lots of those opportunities that'll come across, but people are going to wait for that exchange to come forward. I'm sorry, the main net to come forward before they're going to make that move. So really that third camp that I just mentioned doesn't exist right now. They sit off in other places and they're just doing the waiting to see the two camps we have are, the pioneers pushing westward, looking for our land so we can stake our claim to our homesteads, and then the really big brands um, that are that are going to make that already know that they have land claimed, right? They've had it granted or ceded to them. I don't. Know, I hope that made sense to everybody here. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. That's that's a that's an interesting, interesting take. But yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I understand. So you brought up the journey to become a builder in the space and that it's kind of hard, right? Like that's the underlying principle here. And I think we have like, you know, a few other builders just up on the stage right now, Leadfoot, and he's kind of on the same project, like on the same road uh, in that first camp with the rest of us, um, which is really building from scratch, building a community from scratch. And, you know, you mentioned yourself, uh, that it's kind of hard. Leadfoot, that resonate with you? Leadfoot Sorry, Sam. Oh, <laughs> can you just repeat that? I was just like, I was doing something, then I went to sit down. I missed exactly what you said. No, I was saying, Dope's saying there's challenges becoming a builder in the crypto space, especially in Luxo right now, pre mainnet. Um, so, yeah, I was saying, does that resonate with you, Leadfoot, as a builder in this space really early on? And then what are some of the challenges um, that you faced, and how can we make this process easier for future Luxo builders? Yeah, well, I definitely think the, the main thing is like we're not at mainnet. So, well, yeah, it's hard to look like have a crystal ball and see exactly, you know, what um, what infrastructure is going to come out when mainnet's live and, you know, people are being on to Luxo. So, like we can really only conceptualize what we think uh, the album be use, useful for. Um, obviously, like from what's been released, on Luxor over the last couple of years has just gotten better and better and better and better. So I can't, I can't imagine that they're going to stray away from that trend. Um, but I feel like anything creative economy wise, um, digital fashion, uh, music, artwork, all that kind of stuff. I feel like if you, if you have some ideas that aren't necessarily necessarily like black and white 
binary ideas that you could utilize an ERC721 or an ERC24. And you think that um, there's no real chain that sort of supports your wild ideas. I think, yeah, Luxo is definitely something that needs to be looked into by all creators um, because of the potential um, with the universal profiles, being able to actually like sell pieces or NFTs or anything that you've made directly from your universal profile is something that is unique to Luxo. Um, and obviously that, that allows um, creators like direct access to their fans or, um, yeah, the people who, you know, are viewing their profile. It's like a, it's like a web to idea um, with people like coming onto your profile and that being valuable to like a centralized entity like Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but rewrapped into like a web three idea where like the value of someone visiting your universal profile is actually val valuable to you and potentially your, um, your, your fan base or whatever it may be. So like those, those things are super unique. And I think, yeah, it, it's difficult to like pinpoint exactly like the direction it's going to head, but basically any wild ideas around, around digital identity and, you know, social, um, social tokenization is maybe the word, probably not the right words, half marathon today. So like my brain is frazzled. So, but I guess like, yeah, anything to do with, um, you know, the, the fair distribution of not just funds, but maybe like governance across your like user base or your friend, or your, your friend group or, I don't know. I th I just think I just think there's some crazy ideas out there. These are just things that are popping into my head as I'm talking. But yeah, it definitely it definitely harbors harbors fans and allows for digital creators to you know think outside the box at least and do something a little bit differently that has been used on on blockchain already. And I also think like with mass adoption, we kind of need something like Luxo. Um, to sort of like lead the way because at the moment, like I think Fabian said before, it's like 99% of people aren't even decentralized. You know, they're just, you know, putting money onto an exchange and we all know the issues with that, obviously seeing FTX go down and, and their block file, these um, Celsius, what you name it, all these crazy um, centralized uh, exchanges having like stupid exposure. So I think to allow decentralization to become mainstream and take that 99% of people down 50-50 or like at least onboarding more decentralized, decentralization-focused users, I think we need to have some ideas that don't require technology, a technolo technological knowledge or a badge that says ERC-725 or LSP six or seven or eight you know it needs to or it doesn't even it shouldn't even say blockchain or decentralization i feel like the product that creators should come up with at the moment um should use the technology but not necessarily like make it the number one reason why someone should someone should jump on because 
yeah uh, like the main the main reason for luxo is is for mass adoption of of blockchain um it's one of like the core pillars i would call it i would say so yeah if you're a creator and you you need a place to you know house your wild ideas and you don't think like your fan base for example understands what blockchain is or decentralization you know like I think I think Luxo is going to be something super simple to be able to onboard them with once the mainnet does hit. That was super long-winded, and I'm in like some kind of high at the moment. Like, got all the endorphins running like crazy. Uh, you ran a half marathon, lead foot, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I I caught on to what you were saying there at the end. I, I latched onto this key point, which is like technology. Luxo's building this so we don't have to think about the blockchain, so we can just use it uh, to benefit our lives, whether that be in the fashion, art, music, entertainment way, or we're going to push it into other social coordination cute like uh, avenues with DAOs or, you know, there's many other avenues that we could push it down as well, right? Um, but, like, that made me think right away, like, in this case of Duo Club, right, Big Boss, you're an artist and you're putting out some really interesting art. And what's cool is Luxo is built in a way that I don't have to think about the non-fungible token standards these babies might be built on. In fact, the people who are using these cards to play in the game might not even know that they're built on a non-fungible token standard. And that's probably even better in some ways because it's that's going to keep people from being afraid of get, uh, participating and would put the focus back on the art. So my question to you, big boss, is this like, what's your inspiration for some of this art? Like, where'd you come up with these ideas? Um, looking at the pin tweet at the top, we've got some examples of your cards up there. Yeah, this inspiration goes way back. It's pretty much everything that, um, you know, everything in entertainment from movies, TV, video games, cartoons, comics, you know, everything, uh, everything you see, I take a little bit something out of there and, you know, I just kind of, you know, think like, what, what can I, how can I change this or how can I, you know, make a version of this, of a, a dream world version of it, you know, it's, a lot of it is like that as well. And some of it is actually completely, um, uh, made up on the spot like um i'll look up at the ceiling and you know those bumpy ceilings with the the paint that comes down oops down and i'll just see an image and i'll draw that you know it's, it's a lot of things so yeah it's even inspired by walls <laughs> inspired by walls that's hilarious that's <laughs> yeah i was actually going to ask about that before you jumped in um around the background and the story with dwope like this dream seed the dream world um yeah, maybe just like kind of paint a picture for what's the uh, what's the storyline here? Because I see you have a lot written about it on on the website. Yeah, it's actually a story I've been working on for like at least fifteen years. I think it's been going now, and it's just wow. something that I always have been, you know, had as a, at a like a side hobby, you know. So even like choosing Luxo or something like that isn't this isn't like something like I say like oh my life's work just. I'll just pick a random thing. This is something that we really did look at and, you know, really make a choice on. But the storyline is 
basically supposed to be like a, a Gaia theory in a RPG kind of world. I like to think of it like like what Final Fantasy VII was to the Final Fantasy world. You know, it was like this real big different like change in genre and looking like that. I always thought like um, it would have been cool if, if Dragon Quest kind of had a had a change like that as well. Like they never had their like Final Fantasy VII moment. This is something like where it's like you throw modern into fantasy, you throw a little bit of everything in there, and and that was like one idea I had while first creating all this. Interesting. So. <sighs> I'm I'm checking out the website right now. I'm looking at it. We got dwapes, dwaks, dwags, dwagons. The, like, why do we choose those of all things? Is it because it's Mimi or because you have some special attachment to a dwag or a dwak? Uh, no, the, we chose the those because uh, essentially we wanted a lot of animals. We wanted lot of the first collection to be animals. The second collection, which are the... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the humans are going to be humans, so they're going to be truly pretty. And um, so the first question is going to be animals. We want animals. And we kind of like inspired, got inspired by the most popular crypto projects. Uh, for example, the Dwarves are inspired by the Bored Apes. The Dwarves are inspired by uh, the Ducks, the. Uh, what's the name again? Uh, the. Um, I forgot the name. It's on the website. Uh, the uh, subducts and the dogs are inspired by the Dodge Pound, which is uh, they are like a dog NFT. The dragons are inspired by Broker Dragon, which is a Solon, very popular. I think it's the most expensive Solon NFT. Uh, so they're kind of like all inspired by different projects. That was the idea. Uh, but but one thing that we managed to do in the contracts that's kind of unique, I think as we managed to have all these collections, these four collections in one contract. Um, so I think we're doing it first in the NFT, I'm not sure. But like, you will, like, you'll have a chance to get one of the, uh, the NFT in the contract. So you won't just, if you like mint the NFT, you can get a drug, you can get a drug, you can get a drape, kind of depends if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you can get a dragon even. And uh, yeah. Same for the rumors. We got we have 2D and 3D. So 50% of the mint will be 2D, 50% will be 3D. And you have uh, kind of like a coin flip, you have a 50% chance of getting a 3D or a 3D NFT, uh, depending on if you're lucky or and if you want the other version, you can still get it in the marketplace. And by the way, the 3D uh, the rumors will have 3D files uh, just like Clonex. Uh, we wanted to have 3D files uh, available. To people to uh, to be able to build, I think what Colonist is doing is really neat. So yeah, interesting. So, how did you two meet? Oh, online through through tokens. I think we yeah. worked on a project. I think we worked on a project, right? Yeah, we and, worked uh, that, on a project. That was a long time ago. It was like it was like in twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, man, it's been that long. <laughs> I think it was think like it was... that, or I think I don't know, maybe like that a little earlier. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it might be early, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we bumped into each other. Was was on KuCoin? Was on the KuCoin? Uh, yeah, I was on KuCoin. 
You know? Yeah. Like I, I often tell the story, like I was saying, like, you know, I was the same back then, you know, everyone was looking for gems, gems, you know? And then I found check here and I thought like, Oh, you know, I found my gem, you know, in the end that that's, that's the way I like to tell it. And yeah, we, we, we tried to like work on a project together for a long time, but like we really never found the, the one idea and the idea kind of, kind of get came along as we, um, as I learned about his uh, card, uh, his card project, and it's kind of like it kind of like went along, you know. And all of this took a lot of time to build, but um, so as of now, it, the product looks a bit buzzy, you know what I mean? Like we have an NFT market, uh, an, um, a white marketplace. We have like six collections. We have this, we have that, left and right for the game. You know, it looks really buzzy, but it all came one step at a time. Uh, yeah, really when we did. thought about it, you know. Yeah, and also like uh, as far as like the story, why the animals and stuff like that. The whole point is supposed to be like the dream world stories kind of colliding with you know with the with the blockchain right now, and it's and it's you know it, it seeing everything that's inside the current world right now, and you know it's mixing and things like that. All right, interesting. So, not going to hold you to it, but what's your timeline for launch here after mainnet? Are you thinking, you know, um, and then, yeah, like when can we, uh, a user start to get involved with the dual club? So the NFC will be available right on day one, probably. So we have the contract ready. We have everything ready for the NFC for the first collection. The second collection will come maybe one month after mainnet or something like that. We need to like, kind of like, uh, finish the 3D art for that. Uh, that's, that's that. And uh, the game uh, will be will take, I think, from the estimation that the game company told us, was seven months. So starting from the um, starting from the the, the NFT collection, which is starting from mainnet, seven months from mainnet, that's gonna be the timeline for the game. And uh, might be, might take a, a little bit longer. I'd say seven months to a year to make the game. And the NFT marketplace will probably be available maybe a month, two months after mainnet. Yeah, that's all timelines. The not the NFT marketplace, the whitelist marketplace. Sorry. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to see where you guys go and you guys take the. I'll be following along the whole time, and I'll absolutely become a player because as a character, in the zero percent chance that I'm not going to play with my character. I'll tell you that. I mean. To be honest, we haven't figured out the abilities for the for the special characters. So I don't yeah. know if uh, Big Boss, Boss, do you have an idea of what you could I do was just for the special controller cards? Yeah, super overpowered. You know, that's all I want. Special controller card kind of thing. <laughs> if you ever if you ever see uh, if you're familiar with Exod, um, sorry, Yu-Gi-Oh. I just want to be like Exodia. That's what I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so. So Evalorian special card, does that fit into the 9,116 total supply or are these like outside of that, that supply? Uh, no, no, that's, that's a different thing because the cards are not the supply, is the supply or the NFTs. That's not a supply of the cards. The cards are going to be yeah. uh, either obtainable from the marketplace or uh, through, to yeah, to, to buy them, right? mainly from the marketplace, yeah. Buy packs, kind of like uh, booster packs, which with random chance of getting cards, 
and uh, yeah, so the NFTs, which are the the pictures, the um, you know the the PFP, you get that, you stake it, and then you will also like in our place buy cards for the game. That's the idea. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I'm I'm just realizing you. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and I, I love the story, like the worlds colliding with the blockchain world. Um, so I'm really curious to see how the story plays out here, because to me, like that's what pulls people in to these universes is the story and what's happening. So really excited to see where you take that. Yeah, thanks, man. Likewise. So I'm going to make mention now, if you um, are collecting popes that the Keys DAO is offering for these spaces... We have a Pope available for the uh, Dwop Club. It is Dwop-NFT-No, I can't think of what it is. Hold on. I got to look it up. Rob, do you I, have I it? think it's Luxo. Luxo. Luxo, I think. Luxo. There we go. Dwop-NFT-Luxo. So head on over to your local Poe app. Grab that Poe app um, to prove that you were here today. Uh, again, that's Dwop dash nft dash luxo yeah that's funny the local pope dealer <laughs> uh, making me laugh um yeah so i actually have a question for kriegel um kriegel i saw that you i think this was on your instagram sorry i saw you were working on it looked like a branded leather strap kriegel what were you working on there can you share Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and actually I uh, posted it up on here too not long ago, but you know, there there's more going on on my IG sometimes than here. Um, yeah, so the Kriegel chest rig, just working on another very iteration on it. So I think we're in version four or five now. Um, yeah, working on an embossed branded shoulder strap and just to, you know, distribute a little bit of the pressure of when you're carrying your uh, your shoulder bag chest rig crossbody it's a bit more comfortable so all about function form and you know the overall experience i saw it and i immediately thought again to myself kriegel when are you going to make that available for me to have one i'm going to need a place to my dual social cards here uh soon soon how you interpret soon is uh open to interpretation though <laughs> soon tm yep. uh- yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks really cool. It looks really premium, and I'm looking at it right now. It looks very premium. Jack, if you've never met Kriegel in real life, Kriegel has an incredible style and curation of look, right? So it's – Kriegel has this crossbody shoulder bag, which is incredible. Designed himself, and, uh, and I just can't put enough pressure on him to make one available so I can get one as well. No pressure. Yeah, yeah. Pressure, no pressure well no pressure received. We, uh, we will be releasing it when it is ready. <laughs> I'll just keep pressuring him until he does it. Just like... <laughs> just, just like, like Mainnet. Yeah. <laughs> just like Mainnet. Yes. Uh, I'll take the roast out of the oven here at some point. Um, but yeah, I want this thing to be really dialed in. I love it. Absolutely love it. Isn't that the theme of this entire show, right? Theme of this community. We're not just going to release something just to release it. We're going to release it when it's ready. Um, Because sometimes 
you can be right and too early and still be wrong, right? So um, let's make sure that we release things at the right time in the right way and then make sure that it lands the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. All right, guys. And oh, I'll ahead. just add one, one thing on the, on the flip side of that philosophy. So I fully believe in releasing things when they're ready, but internally working fast and failing um, you know, iterating, that's the only way like innovation gets done. So move fast, break things, um, iterate and improve. Oh, I like then, that. I don't, I don't like to put that on other people. So I'll do that. I like to do that internally. And I feel like that's the proper way to iterate on things. It's how I live my life. I try really without thinking I break it. And then by the time it gets to the public, it looks better. Exactly. It's perfect, Kriegel. Hey, I got another question for you. And this is totally off topic, guys. But while I'm talking to Kriegel here, I hope everyone uh, allows me this this tangent. Have you seen the melon drop, Kriegel, with Joey Camus and uh, Finn Rush Taylor? Yes. Yeah, the melon drop. Man, those are sick. Um, I'm on the list. I got I to gotta pick a pair up still. Um, but yeah, no, I've been following Joey for several years back before even being in the NFT space at all. Um, yeah, just great footwear designer. Um, and he's been a, like a pioneer in the Gravity Sketch VR 3D design standpoint, along with Zellerfeld that they've been collaborating with in the 3D printing space. So we got to meet those guys when we were in New York at NFT NYC at the staple event at stadium goods. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, maybe we can get those guys on here. Um, definitely check out that project. Yeah. Are, those, are those the 3d, the 3d printed shoes I saw uh, around? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're dropping the, you can right now buy the Proda, um, which is their first release, which is really it interesting shoe comes in one of three colors orange blue or purple what i love about that design but well the project is as the technology gets better as they learn more you can send that shoe back to zellerfeld zellerfeld is the company that produces the shoe and they will recycle the material and send you back another pair like that's so epic from a sustainability standpoint i think that that's great I mean, this is the future we're moving towards with, you know, circular economy, circular product design. Um, yeah, so it's it's awesome to see, you know, brands emerging and doing this in like a, a small capacity. So eventually, I hope we'll uh, we'll see how all of our products made this way. Fantastic! I, I wanted to make sure I, I had that conversation. I know you've been so busy since you took the other uh, a new job. Um, I haven't had the chance to chop that up with you. So I figured I'd take a minute or two here. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've been going for an hour and 20 minutes and that's about as long as we like to go with these. Cause we like to make them digestible. Um, big boss. Do you got anything left to say to the community before we sign off? Um, I know that again, if you haven't collected the Poe app from our Pope dealer, it is Dwope dash nft dash luck so please go grab that bad boy um but gentlemen you have anything you want to say before we sign off and uh we etch this in stone and it sits as a recording uh no we good i'm good yeah, thank you for having us. us 
Mm. Yeah, but thank you for your. That's for sure. Yeah, that that was that was great. I feel like that's something that that's you can like a a ray of sunshine in this space. You know, like if it wasn't for for the kids now, like I don't know where the fuck we would be doing, waiting for my mate, <laughs> like like fucking DJs. You know. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it was something that we made the decision to do a long time ago now at this point and you know just because it's quiet and it's the bear market we're not going to stop we're going to keep providing these spaces to um because it's important for community to come together and talk it's important for builders to have a place where they can come on and discuss things and if and if we shut this down like what else are we going to be doing like you said 12 sitting around and degening all day long like that's not appropriate i'd rather build relationships with you guys now so when the project launches, I can say, I know these people and like, I feel really comfortable and I want to support you. So uh, I think this is a benefit to everybody. Same goes for, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I say hello, say big love, big thanks. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, Leadfoot, ice up. Sounds like you went for a long run today. Thanks man. Yeah. I'm so, so tired. Ridiculously <laughs> tired. But it was a good run. Did a PB, so I'm happy. Fantastic, bud. <laughs> and everyone, not your keys, not your crypto. Remember. <laughs> that, that That's right. Not your key crypto, 110%. All right. So with that, I think I'm going to close this one down. We'll be back next time. Uh, next time. Next week, same time, same channel for season two, episode eight of the weekly Pink Pill. On Wednesday... If you're feeling, I don't know, like you want to chat, we do wake up at 7.30 in the morning on uh, at 7.30 my time Eastern on Wednesday mornings. Compute, completely open community space. If you can fit it in your day, great. If you are living in a place in the world where that is an obscene time for you, I'm sorry. You can always catch it on the recording. Uh, but that's a generalized community space where we just talk about all looks of things. I hope everybody here pops through at some point. And at some point, I hope everybody hops up on stage. We can chat it up. Kriegel, I know that's super early in the morning for you, but I'd love to, you know, talk some 3D footwear at some point. So, um, and at minimum, get in there, and gravity sketch again, because I've been playing around with it. I just think it's so interesting. Yes, I'll make a point of, of joining one of here. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, friends, 2.22, my time. That's the close of the weekly pink pill. Until next week, keep it pink, everybody.